Hello and welcome to The Personal Investor. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, have markets turned a corner? With little fanfare, global markets enjoyed their best week for two years last week. What's behind the rise and is this just another full storm for markets? Plus, we're looking ahead to the Altman statement this week. So if you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. Good news in markets tends not to get the same attention as bad news. So you may have missed that global stocks have just enjoyed their best week for two years. Markets around the world have been rising for a variety of reasons. The question is, can the gains be sustained? And is this the start of a genuine turnaround for markets? To discuss it, I'm joined by Tom Stevenson, Investment Director here at Fidelity. Tom, welcome along. Um, why don't you tell us about the scale of the rises that we've seen last week? Uh, actually, the scale of the rises in the past month or so. Yeah, well, pretty spectacular is is the shorthand uh, version. Um, last Thursday and Friday, we saw a really um, dramatic rise in uh, the US stock market uh, in particular. Uh, over that two-day period, the S&P 500 rose by about 6.5% and the NASDAQ index uh, which uh, is more volatile than the than the uh, than the S and P was up by over nine percent over that two day mm. period. Uh, so that's that that's the best um, that's the best two day rise that we've had in a very long time. And um, over the last month or so, I actually had a quick look at this um, uh, before we uh, before we came in and. Uh, you know, we've kind of got used to seeing some pretty depressing charts over the last year. I mean, things have been, uh, things have fallen quite a lot since the beginning of the year. But over the last month, uh, the the gains for a range of asset classes, geographies, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, anything between zero, pretty much nothing has fallen over the last month. And I think the European index was up by seventeen percent just in the last month. So yeah, it's been um, it's been a remarkable recovery in in, in markets. And what's causing it? Um, it's largely about uh, expectations about um, uh, the Federal Reserve and interest rates. Uh, it was triggered last week by a, a slightly lower than expected uh, inflation. Um, announcement in the US. Inflation came out at 7.7%. Expectations have been for 8%. Uh, and it's really a, a sign for me of the, the, the desire, if you like, of markets to rise on the slightest whiff of good news that, uh, that this inflation print, which, was, which is still way above the, the Fed's target, but crucially was less than expected, caused an explosion in share prices. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to come on to discuss a little bit more about that dynamic of inflation and rates and the markets. But it's been remarkable, hasn't it? How, you know, this can this can happen with market rises. And let's just say this isn't the first time markets have risen this year. We had a bit of a rally in the summer, didn't we? And we wondered if that was a bit of a turnaround. Um, I wonder whether you think this is more or less likely to be the real thing than what we saw in the summer. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? How People, the, the market, it, it takes a while of the market rising before people pay any attention to it, doesn't it? It's, it's, it's funny, we, it's bad news, bad news, bad news, and then suddenly, oh, the market's been rising for a month. Yes, and 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 yeah. To answer your question about is this the 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 real thing? I mean, the short answer, of course, is uh, I don't know. But but the the longer it goes on, the more that you have these. Um, bear market rallies, if you like, the more they get, you get these sort of, you know, changes in, in direction, the more likely I think that it that it is it is the real thing. Because I mean, at some point, uh, we are going to get 
get to a, a point in the cycle where the Federal Reserve realizes that it has done enough. You know that it's already sort of hinting that the pace of um, uh, increases is going to slow down. It's talking about the cumulative effect of previous interest rate hikes, and and uh, what it means there is, you know, you 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 hike rates and then you hike them again, and then you hike them again. There's always a lag in the impact, and at some point. Uh, it's really going to show up in the real economy. And I think, you know, at that point, interest rates are going to have to come down because I think the the Fed and other central banks will realise that not only have they done enough, but they've probably done a little bit too much because that's the nature of these things. And at that point, inflation is going to start falling quite dramatically and interest rates are going to follow. And I think at that point, uh, stock markets are really going to turn. Yeah, because the Fed, any central bank, they won't want to be in the game of, of sort of raising and then lowering and raising and lowering. They want to, they want to, you know, do it in one direction and then do it in the other direction. So probably there's going to have to be a process of waiting and seeing whether things are played out. But as you say, there can be a lag. I mean, we, we've spoken a lot in the in the past month or two about uh, mortgage rates and they are linked to interest rates. It's going to take a long time for people to feel the effects of mortgage rate increases because they're on fixed rate mortgages. So there will come a time when they're paying more, but that might not be just yet. And it's when they're actually paying more that you're going to see this sort of deflationary uh, impact within the economy. So mm. um, it's very inexact. I mean, people have said that, you know, central bank policy is driving through the rear view mirror, isn't it? You're sort of, the the, the effects that you're seeing are actually the result of changes that you've made mm. months and months and months ago. Yeah, I mean, what what economists say is that there's, there's, there's a monetary policy acts with what they call a variable lag. So there's always, you know that there's going to be a delay in the impact, but it is variable. So you don't quite know how long it's going to take before, uh, you know, the, the, the elastic snaps, if you like. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, um, it isn't only the US and developed markets like Europe that have been uh, making gains. There's been good news elsewhere, hasn't there, Tom, around the world? Yes. So, uh, yeah, so this this um, this rally in the US really happened on Thursday and Friday last week. And then over the weekend, we got some good news um, uh, in, in China, either side of the weekend, really. Um, first of all, we had some... Um, uh, some evidence that the, the government is beginning to ease up on its very draconian COVID uh, restrictions. Um, uh, we had some news on that on Friday, a reduction in quarantine times, uh, uh, an easing up in sort of uh, um, restrictions on inbound uh, flights and an acceleration in the, in, in the vaccination programme in China. So that is very good news, not just for Chinese economy, but for the for the global economy uh, as well. And then the second bit of good news uh, over the weekend uh, was to do with the with the sort of the ongoing slow motion, if you like, property uh, crisis that that we're seeing in in China. Uh, the government uh, has started to encourage uh, banks to be more supportive of property. Um, uh, developers. Uh, and I think we're moving towards a situation where uh, the government is going to become more interventionist uh, and more supportive of the property market. And that's very important because the property sector is such a big driver of the Chinese economy. So I think on those two fronts, it's really very good news in China. And again, um, uh, you know, the Chinese stock market um, has been responding for a few weeks now. I mean, really, over the last month, we've seen 
double digit gains in in lots of um, Chinese shares and indeed the funds which invest in those uh, Chinese shares. It's been it's been much more positive picture there as well. Okay, well, we're going to have to wait and see uh, if these gains around the world can be sustained and built upon, of course. Um, But what does it tell us, Tom? What do these past few weeks tell us about how investors should handle these prolonged periods of market falls like we've seen this year? It's been uncomfortable, hasn't it? Let's be clear about it. And lots of people are going to be underwater versus where they were at the start of the year still. Um, This recovery may lose steam. It may reverse, of course. We know that. Um, But what does this period tell us about how we should approach you know approach these difficult periods in markets mm. well i think i'd say a couple of things i, I think the, the 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 first point uh is 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 an observation that i've made many times which is that you shouldn't become more negative more bearish to use the jargon um as the market falls because the, the more it falls the 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 the, the better the potential returns uh, for investors, and indeed the closer we are to the eventual uh, upward turning point uh, in the market. So I think that's the first point. And then the second point I would make is about just the uh, the, the the danger of trying to time um, the moves in yeah. in the market because the the scale of the the rallies that we've seen this year, and in particular in the last week. Uh, they've been so spectacular. To be on the wrong side of that is very painful. I mean, it's it, it, there's a financial hit, but there's also a sort of mental hit as well. You know, if you had pulled out of the market, if you'd reduced your investments, if you'd gone into cash and suddenly you saw the S&P 500 was up 6.5% in two days, that that takes a real mental toll. And, and I think, you know, you're best to avoid that really by remaining fully invested, by investing steadily in the market through the cycle uh just just don't try and be too cute about these uh movements in the market because you're not going to get them yeah and and, and just echoing that the, the point i made before about about these these rallies happening sort of without anyone noticing i mean if you were really in the business of trying to time markets if you'd done what you said there tom of maybe in the summer reduce your contributions or stop them or even withdraw withdraw money from markets because you're scared of losses further losses um, you you would have missed the, that 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 gain. It's often the way that the, the the recoveries claw back the most ground in in very short periods, and you've just got to be. It's just easier to be invested the whole time. We are being. Let's not. You know, we we markets can fall, can't they? Again, from here, let's be clear. We don't yeah. know what's going to happen, but um, it is in, in, instructive. I think what's happened in in the past few weeks. You know, keep calm, keep calm through those kind of periods because. More often than not, history does suggest that these recoveries will come along, right? Yeah, and and as we've also talked about uh, in the past, there is a real danger that if you do withdraw from from the market, you are slow to get back in Mm. because, you know, you, you look at what's happened in the last week and you think, oh, I've missed that. I've missed that six and a half percent gain in the market in two days i'm just going to wait for it to pull back a bit so that i don't look quite such an idiot to myself um uh and then maybe it keeps going and and then you just you find it very increasingly difficult to get back into the market indeed indeed okay well tom um we do have some other big news coming this week certainly in the uk context and that is the autumn statement which is happening on thursday uh the budget essentially um as well as used to be uh Whatever we say here is going to be out of date very quickly because we're talking ahead of that statement um, and people may uh, not listen to this until after it's actually happened. So we don't need to dwell on it too much. But 
it is shaping up to be a fairly miserable update as far as we can gather, uh, certainly in terms of the public finances, but potentially a painful update for both public services and spending and for taxpayers as well. Yes, and 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 the news in in sort of the last day or so seems to have um, um, really underlined what you said there about the public finances. It seems that the Office for Budget Responsibility uh, has delivered uh, a pretty sobering message to the government, which is that in uh, in. in four or five years time borrowing is going to be government borrowing is going to be significantly greater than was expected just six months or so uh, ago you know maybe a hundred billion pounds a year which is about 70 billion pounds more than 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 was expected Um, and you know there are various reasons for that but one of the most significant ones is rising interest rates increase the cost of um, uh, of funding the, the the government's debt, which is which is very high, so it really uh, accentuates the pressure that the government is under to um, uh, stabilise the, the the public finances through a combination of tax rises and um, and spending cuts, uh, and and the the estimate is that they need to um, uh, save. 55 or 60 billion pounds a year in within the next five years in order to um, to start reducing the level of debt as a proportion of the size of the economy, which is the target, the government's target. Uh, so that's going to be that's going to be very painful. I mean, what it means is that everyone's going to be paying a bit more tax than they were and um, public spending is going to be a bit less than we got used to as well so it is going to be difficult and you know we've talked uh we talked last week about some of the areas in which uh in which we're likely to see those 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 tax rises and they're pretty much across the board and they are all areas where you know the people you know listening to this uh podcast you know investors are likely to be impacted whether that's pensions capital gains dividends uh, inheritance tax, you know, it's pretty widespread, uh, you know, the, the, where we're going to feel the pain. Yeah, and, and we we may see some headline uh, rates of tax move, that's possible. There's, I even read that we might even see um, an effective increase in the additional rate of tax, certainly a lowering of that threshold. Mm. So you might see big changes like that, but, but almost certainly what we're going to see is the freezing of thresholds in this effect, fiscal drag that we've spoken about many times, at a time when inflation is as high as it is and um, certain assets are going to still be gaining value wages are rising uh, importantly Um, that's going to be a very effective way for the government to claw back and people should keep an eye on those thresholds being frozen not necessarily being uh, not necessarily the headline rates being raised yeah it's i mean it is a tried and tested way of um, uh, you know, uh, plucking the goose with with a with a minimal amount of hissing, which is the old yeah. uh, the old saying about you know the the art of taxation. Uh, you Particularly know, when a lot of these thresholds are already being frozen for a period, so you should add on another few years, right? I mean, it's even yeah. less of a sort of headline grabber. Yeah, yeah, because because the nominal level of your income doesn't fall, you know, you just many people will not notice what's happening, but. You know, inflation is a tax, and uh, and allowing fiscal drag to 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 operate um, is very helpful for government and very unhelpful for the people that are impacted by it. Okay, okay. Well, Tom, uh, I guess I will talk more on that when we do know what comes uh, out on Thursday. That is all the time we have for now. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Ed. Mm-hmm. 
please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.